0: how to trap one over
1: Welcome to the Chat One Podcast. My name is Mark Ogmanis. On this episode I'll be continuing the Chris Gibner retrospective with the 2010 episode The Hungry Earth. My co-hosts of the next two weeks are John Feet and Lawrence Suckliff. Together they are John Feet and B and Lawrence Suckliff, the Highlanders. I... Ah, <laughs> Oh that cheers felt. Like, very, i feel mark, dirty now. yeah mark, mark
0: forced us into one of our old catchphrases and it's like <laughs> to be honest we've gone in different directions since then <laughs> we've grown as people it made us very uncomfortable from the outset there mark it's gonna be a very difficult night <laughs> i'm john i'm Lawrence. hello Hello, thank you for having us. Yes, thank you very much. It's very kind. We, we've never been on a proper Doctor Who podcast before. Yeah. <laughs> Bad behaviour. Yeah, no, neither of us have said that word or the other word. No. No. Oh yeah.
1: anyway. No. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. So um, on you, the Highlanders podcast, you've covered quite a lot of 21st century Doctor Who, um, but you haven't covered uh, Series 5 yet. We haven't. We, no.
0: We've not done any of the matchments. Oh no, we've done the tail end of that, Smith. We did, we, our very first one What we did, we're not very good at it And you know, casual listeners We would definitely recommend Don't, don't listen to it <laughs> Don't listen to our podcast we, Our very first one, it was like over five years ago Asylum of the Daleks was our first one We did a commentary on it and we were so naive I think we left the volume turned up I think it was probably gross copyright infringement In our very first podcast book just basically broadcast Asylum of the Daleks, whilst Lawrence and I went uh, rather <laughs> self consciously. I, I am a 47 year old Doctor Who fan. Uh, it was, it's very difficult to listen back to that early yeah, stuff. Well, uh, I did notes then and everything. You yeah. did, you used to do proper homework and things. Yeah. But yeah, we, we sort of, um, we've done commentary podcasts on, I think, most of the episodes since then. Yeah. We've gone back and done the first two series is. is. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we've done the, the Chris- ninth doctor in the first series of the 10th. Yeah, and we've done sort of odd specials and things as well where there were just things to talk about, important issues that needed our contributions. Because God knows, Mark, there are not enough middle-aged <laughs> white men giving their very important opinions about what is basically a fucking children's programme. <laughs> Sorry, I
1: said I will do it <laughs> That's right. So, um what what are your thoughts on series five generally? Is it one that you, you go back to or uh that you both enjoy? I
2: I struggle with it myself. Um does not really like Doctor Who. It it was an era that nearly put me off. Uh I like Matt Smith. I like Stephen Moffat,
0: but I really didn't like the companions. Um, Oh, John's sighing because I'm back on my I am I'm, I'm sighing and tutting because you are objectively wrong about this series, series 5 is excellent there's bits I like in it and, and I do like stories like Vincent and the Doctor I think is really nice I hate this school of criticism it's, it's not without its merits <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brilliant the 11th Hour is, is, a, is an episode I do go back to I think the 11th Hour is fantastic mm. I think in terms of setting out a stall, right? I think Stephen Moffat, just that—that that is archetypal. Um, I really like almost all, the only ones arguably I don't particularly like about season five are in Cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric Carles, the Very Hungry Caterpillar. So as long as I don't be those two again, everything is fine. No, there is some brilliant stuff in season five. It's absolutely throwing everything against the wall, isn't it? Mm. So there's the stunt writers. There is absolutely the maniac stuff. I mean, I don't know if people remember how controversial it was in, like, Victory of the Daleks just to have Churchill there. Like you know, we've never really done yeah, that. I don't remember that being a particularly stickum, sticking sticking one. Do you not? Mm. Uh, do you not think it should have been? Though? There were there were other bits about it that I think people watched. yeah people are very sniffy about *Victory of the Daleks*, and they are incorrect as well because yeah. it's fantastic. Um, there there are one or two it, it, kind of draggy bits, and I, I think what what we might get into is. I don't think these two episodes work particularly well. And, spoiler alert, it's mostly to do with the end. Have I misremembered the end of these episodes? Or is it just the case where they set the whole thing up, massive conflict, humans, the Silurians, they all have a big debate and what they decide is not to actually do anything. They just hit the snooze button for a thousand years, and then we all go back to sleep, and then we'll wake up in a thousand years' time and everything will be fine. But, like, a hundred years later in Warriors of the Deep, which my colleague Lawrence will doubtless talk about because Lawrence loves Warriors as Game. Mm-hmm. Nobody remembers it happening at all. This isn't referred to. It's not a folk memory at all. I, well, I think what I'm saying is, I, I think there's a really... I don't think it is particularly well explored. And I think there's... I don't know. Well, what, do you, what do you think, Mark, about Series 5 in general and about the...
1: Mr. Chibnall's contributions to it. I, I, I basically agree. I think Series Five is, is one of my favourites. I think Eleventh Hour, especially after the end of time, which I wasn't a huge fan of, was like a breath of fresh air because um, mm. it, it's pacey, it's funny. They it, 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 like say it sets out the store. There's a lot of episodes I really like, um, but I, I would agree that this two-parter that we've um, convened today <laughs> to discuss is ourselves. Yeah. It's possibly one of the weaker um, contributions to it. Um, well, more broadly, more broadly, what do you think about
0: Chris Chibnall? Because it's, um, I, I have huge hope. I, I think this series is, is going to be phenomenal. I, I think I went back and watched um, the episode of Black Mirror that Jodie Whittaker is in. Can't remember what it's called. All, all about every, all kinds of everything I believe it's called something like that and she is brilliant in it, absolutely brilliant I watched Attack the Block recently and thought blimey, she is actually, Jodie Whittaker is actually really good mm-hmm. um, just just as, a, as an actor, I have enormous hopes and I'm massively encouraged that you know some, some months into production now I still have no idea what's happening, yeah. what the shape of it's or or anything right Seen one or two set photos and that's kind of been it um so i'm really excited i've I've got enormous um optimism for the forthcoming series but i i I find looking at chris chibnall's to date i find it very difficult to 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 cheer any of it with much enthusiasm is that quite negative i wish it wasn't
1: no i I'd, i'd absolutely agree with that um and the same, I've got optimism for the new series. I really, really want it to be great. Um, but, I mean, we don't know what the writers he's got on board or how that's structured, whether um, the rumoured writer's room is being used or if it's individual um, kind of episode writers overseen by Chris Chibnall. Uh, so there's a lot of kind of unknowns at the moment. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, the uh, the set photos this week, the uh, the new TARDIS has been seen on the streets of Sheffield. Uh, uh, the,
0: the bum bag of Rassilon.
1: Yeah, the, uh, Lauren, the
0: Tardis. The be... that, that's a normal thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the the Tardis seems to be going down quite well with the with the people on Twitter who know about Tardis exteriors and uh, what they should look like and and whether it's authentic.
0: I, I've not seen it. I'm ashamed okay. to say. So what, what what's the difference? What we're looking at? Um, it's
1: it's kind of darker. Um, a, I mean, the thing about the the Moffat era one, it was very bright blue, pristine looking, wasn't it? Oh yes. This yeah, Doctor's... you
0: really got that got that sense when it was parked up next to the first Doctor's in Twice Upon a Time of the, <laughs> the evolution that the exterior of the Tardis has gone through.
1: Yeah, um, I think I like that it, it looks a bit darker. And the thing is, I think from reading the Target books as well, which um, because I started watching Doctor Who a year before it was cancelled, and then read all the Target books, I, I, I'm kind of conditioned to think of it as, this is probably a Terence Dixism, the uh, the battered looking police box. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I kind of like it when it looks a bit like it's, uh, you know, kind of uh, used and, and worn and, and kind of been through the, the mill a bit.
0: There's a, there's a lovely bit, isn't there, at the end of um, the Day of the Doctor? where the three TARDISes are parked up next to each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the War Doctor says, which one's mine? And <laughs> they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be that really knackered-looking one at the end.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, well, I the like crazy that thing, I've seen a picture of the new TARDIS as well. I think
2: the big thing I notice is, have they inverted the, the text on the left-hand door? I think it's now white on black rather than black on white.
1: I hadn't noticed that, but that could well be...
2: Uh... I think I've seen a picture of, of that. Or oh, I could have dreamt it.
0: That <laughs> you just highlighted it. You could reverse a video on your, <laughs> on your screen.
1: Maybe it was being exterminated by a 60s Dalek at the time.
0: <laughs> I think we... Have we answered your actual question, which was about Series 5? Um I, I think I, I pretty much I, I delight in it. I did to answer the second part of your question. I don't go back to it terribly much. Uh, and when I was re-watching these ones, um, they they weren't that familiar if I'm yeah. honest. Um, there are there are bits I go back to in series five and i I really appreciated the cracking time thing. I thought that was just a very clever hook right the way through but as, as is often the way with these sort of you know sort of quiet um front and center narrative devices it's brilliant when you're going through it for the first time but when you kind of know what it is it's just a bit kind of all oh, right yeah this this thing again right and i thought this again slightly preempting the episodes we're just about to watch um easily the best bits the most interesting bits to me were not the the actual meat of the story. It was the bit that surrounded it, the framing device where Rory and um, Amy see each other uh, waving from the hill, opposite, you know, over the valley, uh, and the bit at the end where you know Doctor Who fishes out the fragment of the TARDIS from the the cracking. Mm. You know, I remember that stuff just being jaw dropping at the time. Absolutely yeah. exciting. I prefer series six series six is my my high water mark with uh, Stephen Moffat well until series seven eight, nine and ten But <laughs> <laughs> really, like, really like series six they, they, to me series five is very much um it kind of looks like a lot of it was maybe done in a hurry yeah uh, I, and I, it, this is why i'm I'm so prepared to give any sort of narrative lacunae like that you get in this one, you know, a lot longer shrift than I might otherwise do. I, I think this was done at, at some clip. But season six, you know, that, that kind of going to America, breaking America and all the Day of the Moon, Impossible Astronaut stuff at the front,
3: I love that. I just thought that was such a strong series. Yeah, yeah. I think I prefer that. I think it
2: feels, certainly feels to me that it's not necessarily done on the hoop, but it's still, it still takes a long time for me for this series to really bed itself in and find its feet and to be confident in about, about itself. I think it's only towards the end of the season that it's really happy to take a few risks. And I, I don't know, it almost feels
0: like there were teething troubles on the way. Oh, there was script problems from mm. the start. <laughs> Yeah, the I, I, Yeah, maybe. I, it's interesting hearing sort of perspectives, isn't it? Because I know Stephen Moffat um, himself is not fond of – what's the one with the big space whale is the second in the series? The Beast and it's Below. Got- Oh, beast Below. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. And Stephen Moffat says, "Ah, oh, you know, it's kind of one of his weakest scripts. I think that's just a, literally a beautiful story. I think it, there's aspects of it that don't really make sense, but I don't, I don't mind that. I think there's so much that's interesting in that episode. It's like it's like Stephen Moffat has had sort of, you know, 45 years of ideas that are just mm. sort of fizzing out of his head in this series. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the control comes with the later series. Yeah. Shall we... Should we get into the episodes?
1: Absolutely. If uh, if anyone's going to watch along at home, uh, we're going to press play on The Hungry Earth. In three, two, one.
0: It feels weird that I don't get to say that. No, I haven't said it for ages. (laughs) Twenty twenty AD, the far distant future of twenty twenty AD. Oh, what's this? Is the Gruffalo, isn't it? Yes. uh, it's, uh, it's really Chris, Chris Chibnall's unique approach to script writing is so I would just take the Donaldson book and type it out for a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, character establishing. I think it's a. Uh, I haven't quite found my way into loving these characters. And did you watch Broadchurch, Mark? I didn't, know. Did you watch Broadchurch a lot? No, because it's ITV, and you told me not to. I did not tell you not to. I just—I <laughs> might have done. I'm quite bossy. I tried Broadchurch. I got about four episodes into the first series, and I just, I just couldn't be bothered. It was one of those everybody's mumbling and I don't really care about anyone kind of programs. And there was an element as well. I don't like, um, oh, this is great stuff. Oh, we're introducing all these characters, and I'm talking over it brilliant mira sayal there who's um at this stage kind of a stephen moffat ensemble player isn't she she was in jekyll yeah she was yes she's brilliant jekyll. um yeah there's a there's a thing in Broadchurch which is all seems to be predicated around the death of a child uh which i'm, I'm often uncomfortable with there's a there's a film critic called Anne bilson uh, of whom I'm a ma- massive fan. She's great on Twitter. She did, does good film writing. She has a blog called Multiglom. And one thread of that is um, her utter disdain of films that are based on a threat to the hero's wife and family. And this mm. seems to, me, to be a, to me to be a sort of Chris Chibnall device. You know, you go to the kids. And I don't know that I like that as a motivating factor mm. in characters. It always seems a bit sort of route one to me.
1: I think. Um... There's something about families he brings in quite a bit. Um, in this one and then in his other two stories, we've got Dinosaurs in the Spaceship and uh, The Power of Three, brings Rory's dad in, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And, and kind of explores that kind of thing. Uh, and on Dinosaurs in the Spaceship, there's that thread about the Silurians have to be related to pilot it or something. Um, so he does seem to... Care. I had
0: totally maybe. forgotten that aspect of dinosaurs on the spaceship.
1: Yeah. I think so, have maybe. you
0: seen Je- Did you see Jekyll, Mark? Uh,
1: I did at the time, yeah. I can't remember it that well.
0: But... There's a bunch of people who sort of went on to be. Well, I say a bunch of people. I'm only th- re- remembering Mira Sia on now. No, Fenella Woolgar is in it as well. And ah, She's yeah. Agatha Christie in The Lion, the Unicorn, and the Wasp. I always got the impression with Jekyll that it was. Um, a sort of Stephen Moffat audition thing. It was like, you know, here's a series, see how you, you, you manage that, and then if it's any good, we'll, we'll give you Doctor Who. And I always think Jekyll's slightly, slightly under-regarded in Stephen Moffat's canon. Mm. Yeah, There's it just... no press gang. There's no press gang, that's
1: true. Yeah. I loved press gang when I was a kid. Uh,
0: so this is yeah, this is so. truly atmospheric. You're a big fan of the Silurians and the Sea Devils, Mark?
1: Uh, the the seventies stories, yeah. Um, I enjoy those stories. And that they, they are a brilliant idea for a race as well, that there's intelligent reptiles um, who who contemporary yeah. dinosaurs, I think. It's uh, I think as Stephen Moffat said this, it is a, a movie franchise level idea, isn't it?
0: It, it really is. And I, I was I, I don't remember seeing Silaris. I was just a bit too young for that, um, it was series seven wasn't it the first yeah, one. yeah I, I, I was too young for all the show stuff but i've got very early memories boom that was a good pre-credit sequence actually established a lot there uh i've got really strong early memories of what i assume was the sea devils omnibus because i think that was the thing they they edited together as an omnibus and showed a couple of times once at Christmas and once during the summer in 1972, but I've got very early, you know, formative memories of the sea devils coming out of the sea and yeah, you're right, it's such a great idea, and it's, it's I'm almost you know, I take kind of, it's, it's, I don't think it's ever quite sufficiently explored apart from the original ones, mm. the Cyclurians and the sea devils really have a point you know, they're, they're not wrong about anything they do
1: yeah it's uh, it's like the reverse of Planet of the Apes, isn't it? That uh, you know that who will the next um, custodians of the planet be? Um, it's exactly that. But uh, oh, yeah, doing doing
0: gravity testing
1: thing. This is um,
0: does Tom Baker do that in Ark in Space? Uh, he does. No, it. it's his yo-yo, isn't it? It's yeah. Peter Capaldi does it in the the Moon's a Big Spider Ray, and yeah. Missy does it
2: in Well she and. Clara Scaro Oh right? yes, but yes. not
0: when they think this is on a spaceship. I, I, I was like, lo- here's Lawrence about to have a go at Amy Imagine, so we could <laughs> just AMIO. sit back for half an hour. <laughs> it's, it's the writing of this, or or the
3: execution of the writing. It's like they they are assuming that they're going to Rio. Mm. And does Rory
0: really need a body warmer? <laughs> yeah, it's back to the future weekend they they in, in Rio. Yeah. They're, they're all dressed as Marty McFly in Rio, did you not know? I like this. Um, th- this is a thing we come back to, isn't it? You know, th- does he actually relive past glories? That is such a Day of the Doctor thing, isn't it? When yeah. When to, the, the curator is saying, you know, why he have so got a familiar face maybe go back and relive past glories, because that's totally what you'd do if you had time travel at your mm-hmm. disposal but is this not a continuity
2: era with them going set, getting sent back to the Angels of Manhattan or is there a decade's worth of adventures between this and
1: Angels take Manhattan where they get zapped into the past uh, yeah well no because I think all this gets rewritten doesn't it I mean this this universe is the one that gets rebooted yeah. the, this
0: universe oh, comes, yes, no, no longer it, yeah
1: yeah, because it seems quite throwaway at this stage or after this first episode, um, them seeing themselves on, on the hilltop. It's got it's got a point in the second one, um, which yeah. I guess shows the fluidity of it as well that it, it can change. And then, as you say, the universe is rebooted, and um, yeah, in the angels take Manhattan. It, it, they create that paradox to um, to defeat them, don't they? Um, yeah, but, um, I did think. Are you saying about Amy and and uh, Lawrence's dislike. The way she says the line, uh, you know, the, which is still together in 10 years, <laughs> in surprise, to, to a fiance. It's, it's not even done in a kind of jokey way, it's done in a, she's genuinely surprised. I mean, I'm going back a few years.
0: I think Lola and I had kind of ongoing problems with the sort of borderline abusive nature of the relationship yeah. between Amy too, and Rose. Yeah, the, 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 well, any hitting is too much yeah. hitting.
1: Yeah, yeah. but the uh, similar thing with Rose in 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 the her first episode. Rose when she uh, when she joins the TARDIS and she turns to Mickey and says thanks, and he says what's for, and she goes exactly, and then uh, and then runs off. Oh, there's just an yeah. element of cruelty to to him there, um, because you know he's he's hasn't been able to you know defeat the Nestines as the Doctor has because he's not an alien with centuries of experience of it. So all right, so, yeah, um, it's it's something a little bit unlikable about both the characters in, in scenes like that.
0: Yeah, it, it's it is it's that kind of belittling thing, isn't it? And it, it surprises me because that that. You know, one of the beautiful things about Doctor Who is is very much about, you know, sort of sensitive, bullied underdogs and things. And it's mm. odd. It's an odd shift in tone when the programme seems to be taking a, like a, a slightly bullying perspective. Yeah. I was surprised.
2: This is the first
0: time I've gone back to them since they were broadcast. I came to like
2: Arthur Darville and Rory's character a lot. Mm. I'm surprised going back to it now how underwritten and weak Rory is as a character when he's effectively
0: a second, albeit temporary, companion throughout this series. Yeah. It's like we're, we're sort of a, um, a halfway point here, aren't we? Because I, I think I mean, it's always been my understanding that the, the programme is about the Doctor and that's why it's called Doctor Who. And I know Stephen Moffat has the idea that it's about the companions. So, you know, he writes... These companions that have huge, complicated story arcs to them. So, and I think this is at a point where it had not quite done that. So, you know, he's got mm. he's got these characters who are basically going to be, you know, sort of hugely, pivotally important, but they're currently being written like Ben and Polly. You know, they're just sort of they're there. There's they're sort a of narrative devices Although having said that, I enjoyed all that kind of. um I like a bit when com- companions get separated. and I enjoyed all that portable crime lab stuff that the kid was doing.
1: Yeah. The the thing an old taking not, the,
0: thing
2: harking back even to the heart, not era, uh, splitting everybody up so they have their own
0: strands within one adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah indeed, indeed. indeed. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I find um, it's the Romans, isn't it, where Ian is a slave. I, know, yeah. I always find that really stressful. I I like <laughs> the Romans, but the bit where
3: Ian's cast off to be a slave, I find very stressful indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I've...
0: So um. Uh, th- this is Matt Smith how do we feel about Matt as the Doctor
1: Mark I like him a lot um, I I mean I know he's not supposed to well people do rank them um, I prefer him to David Tennant and Christopher Eccleston, mm. Um from the new Doctors with Peter Capaldi as my favourite um,
0: yeah I, th- I can't argue with that
1: I think I've liked each successive 21st century Doctor more than the uh, more than his predecessor
0: Oh, that's encouraging. They they never really make a duff decision, do no. they? Uh, you know, it's not it's the, the the era of getting a spoons playing comedian from Vision on. And I like Sylvester, Sylvester very, very much indeed, but he was a peculiar choice at the yeah. time. Uh, th- those days are are not around. They're, you know, it's um, it's rather more considered than that. This is why I'm kind of very, very excited. To see what Jodie Whittaker does with it, but yeah, I love Matt Smith. I don't think he's quite, quite hit hit his stride yet mm. here. And you know, I know a lot of people are big, big fans of the um, the speech he does in the Pandorica opens. I've, I find that a, a tad operatic, mm. but I think by the time Theory Six rolls around, he's just fantastic. He's just the right blend of sort of whimsical and funny and and likeable and at the same time very very old and very very serious and quite sombre you know he's he's got both those aspects phenomenal given how young he was I think that's what's
2: missing in this series from his characterisation for a lot is that older more sombre side because I think it's one of the things I particularly liked about his characterisation of the Doctor is yes here's this guy who looks in his twenties, which of course he is, Mm. but there was something in the way he held himself that's, that said that the mind, the brain inside this body is much older, much more experienced, has seen more. And it it works in this a little bit later when, uh, in this episode, when the doctor is having his conversation with a layer, um, and he talks about being the last of his species, it it doesn't quite ring true yet in in Matt Smith's characterization, I feel. The the gravitas that he has by season six, and it's probably a comfort thing as well for him as a performer. Mm. I mean, this is still new ground for him, whereas by the second series, he's, he's done it before he's had a positive response to
0: it. It's It's easier, I think. Yeah. Oh, sorry, i just got sidetracked by Amy getting sucked down into the earth. That is a nightmarish thing for me. Yeah. That sort of, that interment, that sort of, Soil up the nose, kind of thing. It
2: it is, but I think they've undercut it already because you had the scene early on where the guy reaches into the front, and you can see that it
0: doesn't go very far. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because I mean, but I'll tell you what, it's like without that, it would still be very, it would be very scary. I you know, I got a lot of time for Frontios, and I'm pretty sure it's to do with all that yeah dragging dragging people down. Oh, Frontios is great. I haven't seen Frontios for ages. I wonder what are they call those attractators. The, the track-tator. the attractators. Yeah. They should come back. I like that. I because they suck the childish in. The childish ends up getting embedded into the world. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's got Jeff Rawl in it. It does. Yeah.
1: It does. <laughs> <laughs> he's He's um thinking Gus out of Drop a Dead Donkey, he, isn't it? He? Yeah. With so Gus. Sinuses. Um,
0: yeah. Gus is owner. He's the owner. Yeah.
1: So yeah, just going back to what you were saying about Matt it, Smith actually celebrated his twenty-seventh birthday during the filming of this episode. Oh, dear just God. Just seeing... No, uh,
0: he's, he's so young. Oh, I know. Mean, yeah. Are you 27 yet, Mark?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> nearly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, unfortunately, I'm 39 next week. Oh, oh man. 10. Happy birthday. 39's awful. Just the
0: late 30s, just write them off, man. When yeah. you get to your 40s, it's like a whole new decade. It's like fresh snow. It's gorgeous.
1: Right. <laughs> <I> can't <laughs> recommend
0: being 40 highly enough. <laughs>
1: Not particularly looking forward to it, but uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> there we go. I have a issue with this. When we first see the drilling team, it's near sale, and I've, I've looked it up and then I've now forgotten the name of the other actor who's on screen at the minute, but they're surrounded by a drilling crew. Yeah, but they, they all go out for the weekend. But they... Well, they all yeah, go off. Go Where <laughs> are the <tourist laughs> drilling shifts done? Yeah. <laughs> just leave the drill drilling over the weekend, I'm sure
0: it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, th- th- I mean, to me, I mean, I guess the sort of, um, out of out of show explanation is that they didn't have a very big cast out yeah. yeah. there. <laughs> so I'm assuming there was sort of budget. Concerns. I remember Private Eye uh, around about this time saying oh this series five of doctor who's going to be a disaster because the budget's been slashed and nobody knows what they're doing and hugely unhappy on set and stephen moffat having quite a pop at them for Mm -hmm. just misrepresenting what was going on and then you know when we got what we got i thought "No, this is great you know none of that has has happened on screen but this this is one this is a pair of episodes where i am slightly conscious that it looks like they may have been counting the pennies. Uh, So I think there is a smaller cast than perhaps they would have preferred. There's no geist from Havoc running around shooting
3: each
1: other. It
0: just
2: feels a bit empty
0: as an episode. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it feels like. Because it it makes me think,
2: not just because it's a drilling thing and and, and harking back to the Perth era, but things like (coughs) Inferno and Green Death Yes, there was probably no more
0: key characters than there are in this, but they filled the space with people. Yeah. Totally. With boffins with clipboards Yeah, in there's a yeah. completely arbitrary bit in this, isn't there, where the Silurians just put up a protective dome around, yes. The, yes. around the village, like, Alad the demons, and yeah. you just go, right, okay, so now one can get in and out, that's what you're saying here. Very, it's it's very, a very, very good shorthand. Yeah. Them. It's a very earthy, strong story, this one, not just because of the, the monsters that they're bringing back, um, but the whole sort of drills and yeah, I think it
2: might me me think
0: of Green Death. But yeah, you know. I, it's missing. It's missing a Malcolm Hulk sort of lefty political agenda. If you <laughs> <really> want my <by laughs> honest opinion, there's um yeah, it's very apolitical. This. I mean, this, this. I think this is one of the reasons I object to the fudge at the end, yeah. where mm. just saying, oh, it just they just say, "Oh, Captain, too hard." Just they could have. Yeah, they could. Yeah, because they could easily put in a kind of. All
2: were reviving the Welsh mining community. That was decimated.
0: There's tons
2: and tons of
0: subtext they could, could have dug out of this. Like it, it, it was all wrecked by those giant
1: maggots. maggots. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. You think when uh, when they did the the Zygon story in in series nine, um, that was a bit braver, wasn't it? They, they introduced the idea that there's 20 million Zygons or something living on Earth. Yeah, that um, was
2: brilliant.
1: It was. Uh, it yeah. wasn't just neatly tied up. <laughs>
2: Way of the uh, the humans and the solarians living or cohabiting on the earth, mm. yeah, uh, arguably but you with zygons
1: when they can all look the same, yeah. We're uh, um, talking about the budgetary strains. So one of the things that was in the, the earlier drafts were there was going to be some dinosaurs, um, called armosaurs, which I think rolled into a ball and came out of the ground and they were taking people. Um, but do,
0: do you think? Yeah, do you think Chris will carried his resentment at not being able to do dinosaurs into the future at <laughs> all <laughs> no i like, i like his catapults good catapult action yeah. boom yeah, that is now that's a bit of a bottle episode now isn't it The budgetary restrictions are budgetary restriction i don't mm. mind that there's ways of writing around it i just don't feel that the writing is particularly strong in any of this but this mm. the, I, I, correct me mark mark sorry have, um have these episodes been covered in your Builds up week by week into a pile in your spare room. Part work by Panini.
1: Unfortunately, not uh, the the complete history oh, hasn't oh, yet oh, reached.
0: Oh, you're a bit light on facts yeah.
1: here. <laughs> you just Wickedly did it. The facts I've gleaned from this are from the uh, the Doctor Who magazine yearbook um, that, that that comes out after each series. Um, and the brilliant. Thank you for explaining <laughs> that, Mark. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's an annual thing. Yeah, uh, and the brilliant book of Doctor Who from two thousand and eleven.
0: Brilliant book is brilliant. They did two of them, didn't they?
1: Yeah, it's a shame that um, that they they stopped after, after that.
0: Depp, uh, yeah, yeah. No, they they were far and away my favourite sort of um, Doctor Who publications of the time. I just I thought they were they were exactly the pitch that I wanted. Sort of slightly move on to uh I I'm sorry, I sorry I feel like we I might be being a bit negative about Chris Chibnall because I, I I do want to emphasize I'm very very optimistic about what he's going to do but I, I'm, I it, it's difficult not to address some of the shortcomings that, that I find <laughs> in his writing to date and some of them are, it's just the way brilliant ideas are set up and then slightly I wish I could find a less controversial word squandered. right so mm. you know this Two episodes of this that ends up with being nothing, right? We just we just set everything back to the way it was, allowed you to move on, and then the um, the power of three, which I guess you'll be covering in a, a week or so, a few weeks, I guess. Yeah, is the a Christian one? Yeah, yeah, it's not there. What's the Stephen the Stephen Birkhoff thing in that? There's like a you know, huge, amazing, mystical Time Lord legend, and then they find him, and then he's there for about twenty seconds, <laughs> and then he goes away. That's the end, and you go, well. It, sure, it, sure, it was more you could have got out of that. Yeah, it could have brought in the looms. Could have done anything. Yeah. The other. The oh. other. A, I don't know if it's in the script or
2: the execution of this, but there's there's a lot of problems in the creation of the cinematic space within the episode. They're all now under the dome. And the houses and the drill site are all under that. And yet, when we saw Mo going to work from the house to the drill site before, he's cycling off down a massive long valley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few minutes as they get to this, so we, we're told that by the doctor, there's oh, there's about twelve minutes before the they, uh, they yeah. so they craft arrive at the surface. They managed
1: to string. An elaborate electronic network <laughs> all <laughs> over the village. That the ultimately they don't, they don't use. They
3: like,
2: don't, it, 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 like power just There's fill, lots of filler. Yeah. I
3: yeah. think. This, if, no, they're drawing a map for you, Long. Yeah, a little map for Slightly you.
0: too long for a single episode, but far too short for a two episode. I, two I yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a writer, so I can't criticise my own I would imagine one of the massive surmounting uh, unsurmountable difficulties with setting a, writing a story is establishing precisely what the geography is. Mm. But you're right, I think I think this is a writing thing, not an execution thing. Because I, I think it is not ever clear how big it is. They say, you know, how big is it? George just you know, a house a house or two. Um but then you are asked to believe it's a village and you know and it has a huge mining operation yeah. as well. <laughs> Yeah, and there's it, a lot of very obvious flagging up we just had a close up as um, Ambrose
3: puts the weapons into the car Yeah, and when the doctor first looks into the car you get a big half the shot is taken up by a CO2 extinguisher, yeah. <laughs> it's a fire extinguisher which is going to become relevant yeah. and when they first go into the church um, the actor whose name I've forgotten
0: Spends a long time shoulder barging it, going all oh, this damn doors. <laughs> <right."> <laughs> I hope that's not going to become a plot point in about 10, 15 minutes' time. Sure, it'll be fine. This kid's doing sterling work with what he's been given. I like yeah. his map very
1: much as well. Know, good colouring in. you remember right, the amount of time they they set up the camera network and and everything else, and then it's not used at all. And I kept thinking, I remember <laughs> the first time I was thinking it's going to going to come in useful in the second episode, um, but it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: I think, as Lawrence pointed out, it filled a couple of minutes of screen time,
1: so you know,
0: <laughs> I, I, wonder, I wonder if Chris Chibnall was expecting to be given two episodes. <laughs>
2: this,
3: Give
0: them a nice 18 montage of like building with the junk we've got lying around, though. Uh, Actually, <laughs> you no, know, I miss the John Pertwee series seven days where you'd get like, oh, here's your story. It's going to be seven episodes long. <laughs> that's, that's over two months, nearly two months of my life. Thirty seconds ago, Rory was at the church. Now he's in the well,
1: the church and graveyard. There, they're probably close. <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking that one through. <laughs> so I think probably when, when this first came out, we knew it was the, the Silurians coming back that had been an element of pre-publicity in in Doctor Who magazine and whatnot. Oh, sorry, of, there was uh, a lo- sorry,
0: lovely romantic bit going on, which I'm enjoying very much because I love yeah. I yeah. love between Mira Sire. Between older people as well, which is nice to so show that just because you're old doesn't mean you don't want to do it. He's having a go at me, he's <laughs> bullying <laughs> me because <laughs> <laughs> I'm <Bullying laughs> an old man. No, I'm fine. bullying an old man and I don't like it. It's, um, <laughs> it's the strength of the recent Star Wars films I feel that they carried on that relationship between Han and Leia into quite a convincing... Sort of complex and nuanced relationship between old people who'd you know yeah. known each other for decades and decades, anyway. Sorry,
1: Mark, I, I totally interrupted whatever you were saying there because there was smooching going on. I'd probably guess this was a Silurians, but we probably knew going into this episode that they were coming back. I think there'd have probably been Doctor Who magazine previews and whatnot. Yeah,
0: I, I, I always think you know the surprise would be better than knowing in advance, you know, it's yeah. like had I. it's not spoilers exactly because you know the bbc tell you this stuff you know it's just it's just the modern way isn't it because stuff gets leaked but they have to kind of control that but then it it was like that with the invasion of the
1: dinosaurs wasn't it where the first episode was specifically called invasion yeah
0: so you didn't know there were dinosaurs in it and And then I think that week's Radio Times was just fucking full of dinosaur pictures. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, what was the point of that then? So I I think it's always been a problem. I don't really know how you cement it apart from never ever engaging with anyone or reading anything until the thing's actually out, but that's impossible.
1: Yeah, it seems like they're saying that Chris Chimley is something he's trying to clamp down on with Series 11, which if he's successful will will only be to the benefit of the, the episodes, I think. Oh, totally. Okay. I
0: mean, how great would the end of season 10 have been had we not known Mondasian Cybermen were coming back?
1: Yeah, or John Sim, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, well, do you know what? I didn't know John. <laughs> no, I think I knew John Sim was coming back, but I did not spot him. Yeah. The, the only time I've ever seen a thing. You know, it's like, oh, so, yeah, I saw that coming, I saw that coming. I have literally never seen anything coming apart from the Sixth Sense. and right. it's, It did not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't see Johnson. Lol recognized him straight away, apparently, but I, I didn't.
1: I was about halfway through. There was uh, just something in his voice or a mannerism that I, I, I started to wonder, uh, and then just mm. kind of studied him very carefully at that point, And I thought, yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely. Uh, right. I, but had I, I not I, known I, he was coming back into the series, I, I wouldn't have been looking for that. So yeah, no, uh, no. I, I watched, um,
0: I watched a couple of the. Uh, old Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce, Sherlock Holmes films around Christmas and New Year. uh, They're they're my safe place, Mark. They're they're where I go when the world is confusing. Uh, And they're terrific. There's always a bit where a character comes in, you know, with a big old hooked nose and a stoop and wearing a dress, and you go, well, that's just clearly Basil Rathbone. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody would not recognise that as Basil Rathbone. And Nigel Bruce said, oh, yes, well, Sherlock Holmes isn't here at the moment.
3: (laughs) I just, I just think Watson's a bit thick. Well, he is
0: demonstrably. <laughs> hot. I mean, a particularly the way he's betrayed in that it's not great, is it? It's, it? it's like, sorry, you have a medical degree. How <laughs> did you get that? You don't seem to be able to dress yourself. Way! Yeah. Silurian tongue. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. How do you feel about the tongues?
2: They're pretty thing.
0: I mean, if you're going to read revamp completely and sort of say it's a different
2: species of the same then i think you've got a better license and with reptiles you have got quite a lot of stuff to base it on going and we can pick and choose stuff
0: well I tell you what i was thinking about this because you know you we, we have these redesigns of monsters um and you know all you oh, right here we go it's like a could kind of stick with the old design and had to do a new one but that's actually quite in in this instance at least quite plausible because you know considering the silurians and the sea devils they've populated a whole world oh is this sonic this is sonic sunglass they are a bit it it is isn't it that's like a new thing so yeah you know the silurians and the sea devils were a planet right they weren't just like a town or something so you would expect a huge element of diversity so you know in the way that all humans do not resemble each other or have the same Political and social setups as each other, neither with the Silurians and sea Devil. So I have no kind of problem with the, you know, the redesign or the fact that they look different.
3: Yeah,
0: I quite like it because it's from. I, I know who they are. If uh,
2: if they date from the period that they say they do, sort of three hundred million years ago, that is when sort of Pangea, the supercontinent, existed. The idea that you could be different species would develop at different stages. Oh, that's a like the pre
0: flagged che- fire extinguisher, yeah.
1: yeah. It's, uh I did a fire marshal course a couple of weeks ago at work and I got to have a go at one of those. I liked the, like, the
0: original Silurians with their three the three eyes and... Yeah, what was the uh, third eye thought? Sorry Mark, we kinda of walked so, over you a bit there.
1: No, it's okay. Um no you said about the third eye, that was um was Stephen Moffat apparently from from what I was reading that said uh, not to use the three eyes because that's associated with Davros now. Yeah. Um, but they the original Silurians could use them to operate machinery and burn through rock or inflict pain on humans. Yeah. And then in Warriors of the oh, Deep, no. they just flashed to signify which one was talking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's less impressive. I, yeah. I like the original sort of fun, functional element of them because yeah. it is it's sort of it's your pineal gland thing, isn't it? It's like the yeah. You know what people used to, when the trepanning is it, Like people to drill holes in their heads to kind of liberate the, the bit of their brain it is. It's mm. literally the third eye, the pineal gland, and the yeah. sort of front cortex of the brain. Um, but but yeah, something yeah, it must have been that QI to, to kind of show that they
2: Q. QI. But they were talking about the pineal gland and saying that some, a lot of species, and a lot of mammalian species, have a vestigial third eye still. Um mm. That is associated with the of black, as you say. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway. I hate you. Right? It's <laughs> better now that Sandy toxfigs on it, and they've got women on it. But the, I, I was watching one years ago, and it just had Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, that, why are there so many bad Jeremys in the world? <laughs> it's just like the world is just full of Jeremys spoiling everything for Clarkson, everyone. Needle fine. Jeremy Vine, Jeremy yeah. Vine, don't you be smirch Rubal and <laughs> <laughs> So there was Jeremy Clarkson, Ross Noble, Phil Jupitus, and somebody else. Yeah, and they all just seemed to be bellowing at each other for half an hour, and that was the point where I said, "I think I'm a bit tired of this now," so I stopped.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: this is terrific! This is a great thing. I love the mask aspect. Yeah. There was a great character options five and a half inch figure of um Silurian, which I think came with a little mask. It did, I don't know if
2: I've got that one, but I do
0: remember that. Yeah, I had one, but she wouldn't stand up, so she didn't survive one of the purges. Unfortunately, <laughs> what I did was I took her out to a
1: garden and I buried her in some soil, which I felt was what she would like. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't do that, it's a nice reveal, um, because you, you see the uh the new the new faces which are much more expressive obviously than the, the rubber masks as the old ones uh, and again yeah. I think it helped with the budget that they could put all the Silurian soldiers later on in it in an immobile mask so they didn't have to put a lot yeah. on the prosthetics yeah
0: no this is this is absolutely beautiful and they just extraordinarily beautiful creatures mm. Sorry, so it like Alan Partridge. <laughs> bank Bangkok Lady so, yeah, Fascinating creatures, <laughs> well, Fascinating creatures. Um, yeah, th- this is Neve, is it? Are we up? Yes, yes, yes. yes she came back. Totally good, she came back. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this is great. There's some sort of Bechdel test thing going on with two non human
1: characters. Yeah. The Klimpari the defense they mentioned there um i looked it up yeah I, I looked it up but it's it's just not that oh. it's just invented for as a throwaway line ah. in this episode <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> there's,
0: a, there's a brilliant doctor who weekly site which is just it's invaluable it's um it's fantastic the, the amount of detail that people have found uh themselves able to go into yeah. uh, so there's a bit bit of catch-up for people who haven't been watching Doctor Who for 40 years at this stage. Yeah. Vermin, yeah, this is interesting, isn't it? Is that, um, again, there could be such a political element to this now, mm. you know, that referring to outgroups as vermin, that sort of othering that you get. The, the novelization of Doctor Who and the Sailorians,
2: which is Doctor Who and Cave Monsters, which is also written by Matt Hogan, the little prologue on that, has the it's the last day before the solarins go into the caves. It is. Yeah. And the Solarin scientist is talking about, oh I'll, I'll miss my little pet
0: mammals. Yeah. <laughs> Let me I hope they survive. Uh huh. Um, so back then So this though, is like if you went down into the basement and came out millions of years later and cats had taken over yeah. the <laughs> world, right? Oh that'd be cool. It would not be cool. Why has nobody
1: done that? Planet of the Cats. Oh, I suppose it's survival. They have new. new, 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 new yeah, yeah, survival. yeah, and survival. There's lots of cats. The uh, yeah, that prologue is called The
0: Little Planet. And the oh, uh, nice, good, the, good fact work there, Mark.
1: The brilliant book, uh, 2011, has a short story in there which is also called The Little Planet, um, and has a Silurian child from this tribe or this city that we're going to see. Um, with the same kind of thing where they're about to go underground and she's got a pet ape that she has to let go. Um, yeah, kind of mirrors that quite quite nicely. Earthlings. Yeah. I love with... Mirror,
0: Mirror Spiles. Clearly, I think she's a Doctor Who fan. She's clearly just going, right, f- fuck this. I'm a companion for the yeah.
3: purposes
0: of this story. <laughs> she she's rocking, not rocking right. a proper companion look there. I love yeah. the boots. Yeah. We just had the discussion of what they should be called. Oh, yes. The doctor saying they should be. they call
2: called Silurians or Eocenians. Yeah. Or, or Homo
1: reptilians. So why, why do the sea devils call themselves the sea devils? <laughs> why
2: do they ever call themselves the sea devils. That's <laughs> our word
1: for it. <laughs> I think by the time they get to warriors of the deep, have they not differentiated them slightly in that they've become a caste system? The sea devils
3: are the <laughs> warriors, The sea <laughs> devils are the samurais with their hats yeah. and their falling heads. Yeah, and the other, yeah. and the Silurians are more the leaders.
0: Yeah. Leader cast. And the murker is the <laughs> Rent Ghost <Is, is>, Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the ghost of Dobby. That's a shame the murker is such a great idea. I've got um I've got an Audible subscription and I just recently realized that all there's just fucking hundreds of audio adaptations of target novelizations. Yeah. Um and things. So oh no wait. No, that's wrong. So I thought I had a novelisation of um, Warriors. Of the Deep. Yeah, I do. No, I do. Uh, and it goes into a lot more detail. And it it, it just sounds interesting. It's, yeah, I mean it is. It's, 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 the, the, it's the, not. It's it's the weak point in Warriors of Deep. Oh, the, well, the execution is the. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. But you no, know, I mentioned the TV show as the execution of it. It is
0: the bear. And I think it's why that story has such a bad reputation. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I, I, I make fun of it just because it's quite amusing to irritate you. <laughs> but but it's good. I, I'm fond of it. Of it must
2: hurt you, know. because you're also making fun of Ian McCulloch. I am. Um, Ian McCulloch and Ingrid Pitt.
1: It's, it's like a very well-cast episode, this Warriors of the Deep. It is by Warriors of the Deep. Um, it is where the Sea Devils have started calling themselves the Sea Devils. Yeah, which is, I think mean, they uh, just gave up, didn't they? It's like yeah. the Ice Warriors, um, I think it's Victoria who dubs them Ice Warriors in their first outing, <laughs> after which they adopt the name.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the utter misunderstanding of them. Yeah. It's just like we found one in a block of ice, yeah. so I've called them all the Ice Warriors, and even though they're clearly lizards, yeah. they <laughs> clearly come from a hot place, we're just going to call them all Ice Warriors. Yeah. yeah, so you wonder how long they resisted that, but they just went, oh, Everyone else calls us. and says, oh, this is great. Uh, Mira Sile, she's written books as well. There's basically nothing Mira Sile can't do. Yeah. It's That's funny and and good. She, she wrote a book about her childhood, somebody and me. And, and Anita, Anita, Anita and me. well, it's a sort of semi-autobiographical. semi-autobiographical. Once upon a time, there was a little sausage called Baldrick. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's semi-autobiographical. But I think it ended up on, like, syllabuses, didn't it? Because it yeah. was about a... Yeah, but it was like
1: properly interesting about you know sort of multi, multi the early days of the multicultural in the in, UK. You know. I think she'd lobbied quite hard for a part in Doctor Who. Really ch- uh, she'd um, she'd been chasing it for a while since Doctor Who came back, and then finally got the part. The mirror. Yeah, yeah. Ah, right. Good. It's like Frank Skinner yeah. had, um, on his radio show had um, basically been pleading for a part for a few years until he until he got on the. Uh, the mummy on the Orient Express.
0: Yeah, there are some very high-profile Doctor Who fans. Craig Bergson's a massive Doctor Who fan, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's very old. Doctor Who cast when he had his yeah. show in America. Did he? Was he in a band with Peter
2: Capaldi, or have I dreamed that? They were in, the, in their youth. They grew up together.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were. There's a joke. Oh, yeah. when he was yeah. cast? This is sorry. We're just about to see the. It's like that, harking back to the Silurians, isn't it? Yeah. I love the way the Silurians buttons up with that. You know, sort of plague. You know, it's like it's been quite a, a sort of closed kind of narrative, and then it suddenly goes worldwide when the,
1: the outbreak happens. Mm. Tony's poisoning there doesn't really go anywhere in this episode, does it? They, um, the uh, is it Aliyah She she expresses surprise that he's survived so long, but there's no explanation for how he has. And then he just carries yeah. on for the next two episodes, looking a bit kind of green veiny. <laughs> But it doesn't actually yeah, go I, anywhere or impact think, on the plot.
0: It's just a kind of hark oh. back, isn't it? It's just, yeah. Like, we are aware of how Silurians operate. This is the sort of thing they do. So
1: what are you going to say about the TARDIS interior? So this
0: is beautiful. Oh, yeah. No, I remember at the time being very, very fond of how quirky it was, having gone through all that sort of coral mm. stuff, which I liked. I liked the coral stuff. And then... Matt Smith interior just seemed to match him, you know, with all the sort of typewriter and dingy bells and sort of funny things. And looking back on it now, i going, yeah, it's a bit fussy, isn't it, though? <laughs> but an aspect of the uh, the TARDIS that hasn't aged well for me. But here we are into vivisection. Yeah, more political points that could be, I think,
1: shoehorned in fairly easily. Do the bother? Not really. Apparently Tribunal's first draft had these two in their underwear in this scene, but uh, they, decided to, uh, they decided to change that when they came to shoot it. Probably for the best, don't you think? Uh,
0: so, uh, so, yeah, these, these are funny. I gather, was, was some of this all sort of filmed around, um, well, obviously it's Cardiff. There's a street in Cardiff. Was there not some kind of botanical gardens or somewhere where they've got all these sort of foresty interiors and walkways and things? Uh, Said the Eden Project. No, it wasn't the Eden Project. That's miles away. It was...
2: It's south. It's in the south.
0: This, this is in <laughs> Wales. No, it's, God, it's, it's Cornwall. It's not that. Honestly, North. you see, if people, if people were doing that about Scotland, <laughs> playing, were you aware of big, uh, the big weather map revolution that's... Ha- oh, it's finished!
3: Oh!
0: <laughs> We've had a big revolution, Mark. For, for years, the BBC weather map has had... The UK, for some reason, (laughs) tilted on its axis. So Scotland is a tiny, tiny little, tiny, little far away, tiny place. And they've straightened it up. So the UK is flat on now. So we look good again. I was not aware of employing employing northern stereotypes there, just saying that the Eden project is close to Wales because it's all down south. Very nice to support people down south, (laughs) Lawrence. It's
3: closer to Wales than. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just,
0: <laughs> everyone is closer to everyone than we are it was great what did we make of that then that pretty
2: it's an interesting
0: setup but
2: it, it's it shouldn't take an hour just to get where they are by the end of the
0: episode mm-hmm. or 45 minutes it shouldn't take an episode's worth of time to get where they are well i'm looking forward to when mark has Doctor Who and episodes to see whether or not it was supposed to be just one episode, and then they just had to put in an awful lot of extra stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't
2: know. It, it, it feels stretched to me going back to it now, and I can't remember really how I took it to the time. I mean, I enjoyed it because I like,
3: I like it when they bring back old mm. um, adversaries, and,
0: and the settler were certainly a, a good candidate to do that with. Mm. Um, Yes. No, I'm, I'm enjoying this uh, at the time being sufficiently engaged to think, yeah, I'll probably watch it again next week. Yes. Yeah, this new TV program called Doctor Who. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it another give five it, years. Give, give, it, it another,
2: yeah. give it another
0: five years <laughs> and see, see how it goes. Yeah, no, it's good fun. So what are we going to do about Cold Blood Mark? We're going to have to wait a week.
1: Yeah, if um, if you're willing to come back next week, guys, we'll uh, we'll we'll take a look at Cold Blood. Well, it's not going to be very convenient, is it? But we'll see if we can manage. I'd <laughs> 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 well, be very happy to come back. And,
0: uh, are we allowed, uh, allowed even though Lawrence yeah. was swearing his head off earlier on? <laughs> are we allowed back in your podcast? I didn't give a
2: single swear.
0: All righty.
1: I'll I'll reinstate the the explicit tag which I've had on and nobody's ever sworn until this week and because I took it off about a month ago
0: <laughs> I don't mind being leaped out I don't mind being removed entirely just, when, when it all finally emerges about me and I have to be replaced by Christopher Plummer uh, I won't mind at all
2: it'll, it'll all be good so, but no it's been a pleasure to, to be with you this week Yeah, about hungry Earth, and thanks forward to Cold Blood next week
1: yes thank you Mark Thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening at home. Tune in next week for Cold Blood. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.